pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in Montenegro, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love for those people around the world. Thank you for your love for us right here in America on this Sunday morning. Thank you for the word you put in my heart, God. I pray that you help me encourage people to have faith, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. We're going to, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse 16. And I believe they'll have it up on the screen with me, for me. Excuse me. Amen. Chapter 3, verse 16. And it says, And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see the wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink both ye and your cattle and your beasts. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak just for a few minutes this morning, and I will be brief. Uh, I want to speak on this subject. Just dig the ditches. Just dig the ditches. Amen. Peter, in the New Testament, now I'm going to jump to the New Testament here for a minute. Peter writes his first epistle, 1 Peter, to the saints that were scattered abroad. The theme and the message are to persevere the hardships that were perpetrated on those Christians in, the, in that day and, um, and to encourage and an encouragement that we win in the end. No matter how we may suffer in this life, Christ Jesus is our example. Just as he suffered and died so that his glory would come, so must we suffer and die to our own desires that he may be glorified and that we may be a part of his glory, both now and later on in heaven. I'll read it for you. First Peter first, uh, chapter 1, verse 6 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Now, let me, let me explain that manifold temptations to you, because I don't know about you, but when I hear manifold, I think of a car part, right? At least they used to have these in cars. I don't know if they still do. I don't know anything about cars. Um, But we're not talking about a car here. We're talking about many, many on top of each other. One thing on top of another. And temptations doesn't just mean being tempted. It means being tried, your faith being tried. Tempted to give up, tempted to, to throw in the towel, tempted to not believe anymore. Maybe this was my limit, but God, I can't go any farther. I, I, I just can't believe for those bigger, greater things. That's the temptation that these people were under because all of these things were coming against them. And it was so tempting for them to give up. It was heaviness. And Peter was saying that we have to hold. So we're in a season right now of many temptations. Though the heaviness is so great that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. See, I sometimes fear, as the American church, and I am a part of the American church, has been so blessed 
that we really don't understand true suffering. We don't understand what they were going through in that time. Not that I'm asking for it. I'm not asking for God to send something that we don't need. Or if he don't think we need it, then hey, I'm not one out there looking for my tires to be flat. And I'm not, I'm not looking for it, but it happens. And not everything is a spiritual attack, but a lot of things are. Especially when you're stepping out to do God's will. However, perhaps if we were under the pressure that some of the rest of the world is under, we wouldn't forget about self-denial. We wouldn't forget about fasting and prayer. Let me talk to you now. We wouldn't forget about true and fervent spiritual hunger. What happened to our hunger for God? What happened to our, our desire to feel God's presence? Amen. Not just here in the, in the congregation. Not just here as the worship is, is going. But when we're at home and, and things, aren't, things are tough and the trials are coming and what happened to our hunger? But my message today is, is not one of criticism or reprimand, but to my beautiful church-going apostolic family. In fact, it is quite an admonition to encourage you and to encourage all of us to find some crazy kind of faith. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Knowing that with full assurance in the Word of God, that he will come through, that whatever he said, he will do it, and he can do incredible, great things. Amen. When we were starting the church, we were working, we were cleaning office buildings and cleaning apartments, and the cleaning the apartments, is there anybody that owns a cleaning business in the house? Done it before, okay. So one of the worst things that we did as, with our business was clean out the apartments after people moved out. Because people would just wreck them, and they didn't care because they thought someone else was moving in anyways, and they're going to pay someone to come clean it up. <laughs> so we were working, and we were, we, were, uh, we were working so hard, and we were um, teaching Bible studies and baptizing people, and amongst all the other stress of stepping out into a new territory, there was no church that had been founded in this area, so we were stepping into a new territory. And we were building and digging and working, and in the midst of all that, all that stress, the one person that would give the guy that would give us a lot of our, our business with the, at least with the apartments, I would ask him, listen, man, I, I can only handle. I'm trying to do this on my own. She was doing a daycare, uh, watching kids at our apartment during the day, and I said I, I can only do maybe three a day of these apartments. They just by myself. They're taking the time, and I don't have crew. And he said that's fine. Well, and I said and try to spread them out. Like if you can give me one Monday, you know, spread them out if you can do that. He never did that. He would give them to me on a Wednesday, and I need these done by the end of the day. Okay. So the one time he gave me four, and he said, I mean, I'm so sorry, but I've got to have these done. I've got people ready to move in. So my wife joined me, and we're, we're here cleaning, and we're just exhausted. And the last, we're at the last one, I believe. And um, she's cleaning the refrigerator out, and there's a glass insert. You know, it was one of those, it wasn't plastic, it was actually glass. And when she lifted it up, the glass fell this way, flat, straight down on her foot, and broke her foot. And I'm in the other room cleaning, and I hear her yell out, and I knew it was bad. So I, I ran in, and she's on the floor, and she's got her foot holding it up, and she's just crying. And I'm, I'm telling you, something came over me, and I, I, I took her shoe off, I, and her foot was purple and swollen. It was clearly broken. And I took her foot in my hand, and she said later, all I could think was, please don't touch my foot. It's <laughs> killing me right now. But I took it in my hands and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And instantly her foot was healed. 
right in front of our eyes. I'm telling you. When you see that with your own eyes, there is no doubt that God can do anything. I'm just telling you. Ooh, praise God. So he did it, and he can do it again. And she told you we saw five notable miracles this, this the last couple of weeks. We're seeing it, and we're going to see it again. Amen. He can do the mighty, the great things. He can do it, and he will do it if we will just obey him, if we will just act in faith and give him everything. So what can be said of the call? Now, I understand not everyone's called to ministry. Not everyone's called to if I can say it, a pulpit ministry. Not everyone's called to pastor. Not everyone's called to a fivefold ministry. But we're all called to reach the lost. We're all called to be a light. He gave you the Holy Ghost to be a light to those around you. He gave you power, not just to live right in your own life, not just to make it to heaven. You weren't just born as a baby physically just to fill up a space. God reborn, reborn you. He birthed you again in the Spirit so that you could do something great in his kingdom. And we cannot just sit on the pew anymore and do that. We've got to reach those around us. Amen. Amen. So you may not be called overseas. You may not be called to do that thing. Not everybody is. But God has a calling on your life. And the calling is to have faith. Amen. But what can we say of the call? He does not call you to ministry or to any other act of faith because of your abilities or your strength. I, I liked watching you play the bass and sing at the same time. Well done. That was good stuff. I liked it. Um, but God didn't call you, and I, I'm just going to say, God did not call you and put callings and talents on your life um, just because of, cause that felt good, didn't it? Someone said, hey, you did a good job, because I like that. Um, but God didn't just call you for that. God's got something for you. Amen. I believe that. But God didn't choose you based on your bassing skills. I know that because I grew up playing bass, and I haven't played bass now in a few years. Um, he didn't call you based on any skill that you have. He didn't do it. He didn't call you because of your wealth, or he didn't call you in spite of your wealth. He does not choose or reject us based on our lack. He chose you based on his sovereignty, his foreknowledge, his ability, and his name. His great name and his purposes. He has this idea that it's all about him. <laughs> Amen. And it is. And as if he is God and we are not. Amen. So if he calls you to do some act of faith, it's good. Say it's good. It's good because he is good. And the Bible says that if we, if he will, I'm sorry, that he will work it out for our good, because he's good. Amen. If he calls you, he knows <clears throat> what it is he wants you to do, and he will give you, or he will lead you to the training that, and experiences that you need. Oftentimes, and I, we get this question, Pastor, okay, I, I feel this calling, I feel God's calling me to something, but I don't know what to do with that. You know, what, where do I start? What do I do? Let me, can I just tell you what I've done? I, I, you can ask your pastor. If you feel a call to any kind of ministry, you ask your pastor, but I'm going to just tell you what I did. I just got busy doing something. I did. I just, I, we served wherever we could do. And that's, that's what you do, young men and young women in this church. If you feel a call to, to, if you say, God spoke to me 
and I'm, I'm going to be a missionary, or I'm going to be a preacher, or I'm a pastor someday. I feel like God's calling me that. Okay, great, wonderful. But start with one step. Start with cleaning here. Start with doing whatever pastor says to do, whatever pastor says to do, and it will, it will work out in your favor, I promise you. Angelic hosts will assist you in your going and your coming. They will. The Bible says, are they not all ministering spirits? I wish I had time to tell you. I'm, I'm going to tell you one angelic story because we're missionaries and we get to do this kind of stuff. Um, and we do believe for it. And we've had, we've had a lot of experiences with angels. And so um, this one, um, we were in the airport on our way home. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they, uh, we were having a little bit of trouble with the lady behind the desk. It wasn't just the language barrier. It was she was fighting us on something. I, we didn't know what she was fighting us on because we couldn't understand her. <laughs> Uh, but she was, she was trying to get more money out of us. And she was trying to, she knew we were American. She knew we couldn't understand language. And she was just giving us trouble. And up to this point, things had gone very, very uh, just smooth. In fact, the trouble that, we ex- that others over there had said, because we were in COVID situations and different things, said that you would have going, getting through immigration, not immigration, but the, um, you know, the checking in and out of the country. Um, we didn't have any of that. In fact, they were distracted. God just distracted them. And we got through, but on the way home, we got to this lady, and she was kind of fighting us and giving us a fit, and out of nowhere, uh, this guy from this line comes over and starts arguing with her about something, so I, I kind of stepped aside. I'm like, okay, I don't know what this is about, so I, we waited, and, and he didn't even look at me. He's, I mean, they're arguing. They're going on in this language, you know, so I just wait my turn, and he goes back in his line. He's frustrated about something, so um, I kind of look over him, and he, he just looks at me, and then turns away, and... Um, so we go back to it, and she, she kind of seems flustered, and she gets back to it, and she says, you know, like she's trying to get this money out of us. Trying, and I said, ma'am, I don't understand what you're wanting, you know. And um, after a few minutes more of kind of back and forth, this guy comes out of nowhere again, and he kind of looks at me and kind of smiles and then goes on arguing with this woman and to the point where she's so flustered. She's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and so I turned it. I nudged Jeannie and said, watch this. This is going to turn out in our favor. Watch this. It's going to be good. And so he steps back in line, and she looks down at the papers again, and she looks at us like she didn't even remember seeing us. She says, just, just go ahead. Go. And uh, just took care of it. Now, I don't know what you guys think. This guy, I'm telling you, the guy was an angel. That's what I believe and feel. Um, yes. Later on, when we got home and we were on the phone with one of somebody, they said to us, um, you've already got angels working in that country. Do you know that? And I said, I, we do. In fact, I believe we met one of them. He said, you did, because I can see that in my spirit. Amen. I hasten on. So if it's all for him, it's all about him. He has the plan and the resources. And if he is God who split the seas, the same God that created everything, and the same God that has all power, then what are we afraid of? We must obey. I say have some crazy faith. Have some faith that moves mountains. He's called us to it. He's called you to do some things that maybe that God, that people would be mind blown by. But you have to obey. I'm talking about just dig the ditches. So let me real quickly go back to the story. Here they are. The, the battle is fierce. They're, they're getting ready to go into the battle. This, we've got uh, the, these two kings, the king of Judah and the king of Israel. And they're not really godly men, but, they're, but one of them at least will listen to the prophet. And they call for a prophet, and the prophet says, here's what you do. You see that valley down there? That valley is, is dry, There's, right? There's, you guys don't have any water. Your animals don't have any water. 
But the, the Lord says, you go to that valley and you dig some ditches. Tomorrow, this valley will be full of water. That didn't make any sense. Dig ditches? You're telling me you want me to dig ditches. We're warriors. We're battle people. I'm a king. You want me to dig ditches? That's what the Lord says. Dig ditches. Let's see what he'll do. Amen. They dug those ditches. The next morning, as the enemy heard all of them clamoring, and then they were down in their tents, the enemy came over, the Moabites, they came over the hill. The sun was rising on the other side of that valley, and they saw the water, but they didn't think it was water. As the sun was rising and, and, and shone on those waters, they thought it was blood. Yeah. To them, it was blood. And they said, look, they're down there killing each other. This go, now's the time to go take our enemy. So they go into the camp of the Israelites. And God spoke and said, now's the time. Take the enemy. What am I saying? I'm saying that all they had to do was obey the Lord's voice. That's what they had to do. Come on, somebody. You just had to obey God's voice. And God came through and did a miracle that nobody could even dream of. He is a creative God. He can pull things out and do things with your obedience that you could never even imagine that he could do. I'm here to tell you that, he, that you will see the victory. You will see great victory in this city if you will just obey the Lord and in your life. We all want to see the miracles, don't we? We want those stories. The, the missionaries come and they tell these fantastic stories and they tell these great things happening. And we say, man, I want a story like that. I want to, I want to have a story of being in the, in the bush in Africa and a lion comes out and an angel stood up and forced it back, you know. But I'm telling you, you don't really want to be in that situation, do you? You don't want to be there. You didn't want to be in Janine's situation when she broke her foot. That wasn't a fun situation to be in. But we want to see the miracle. You want to see the miracle, you got to be in a situation. So here's some common things that happens in every miracle. I'm trying to skip through my notes. Amen. Well, praise God. There's a conflict. There's a need. Every miracle starts with a need. There's a Red Sea in front of us. Moses, what are we going to do? There's a conflict, an impending danger to the existence or the future. Amen. The prophet or the word of God speaks, gives you the direction. Then there's a challenge to that word, always a challenge to God's word. Sometimes that challenge comes through a demonic force. Sometimes that challenge comes through our own lack of faith. It's a challenge to our faith. If it wasn't a challenge, there really wouldn't be faith. We wouldn't need faith. Amen. Amen. Then there's a choice to obey. Yes. You got the choice. What are you going to do with it? Amen. Then there comes the victory, the sweet victory. Then you got your story. Then you got your healing. Then you got the child God's been saying you're going to have for all those years. Then you got the pews full. Amen. The victory comes and it's challenged. Amen. Stand with me, if you will. I need to be done. Amen, amen. Just dig the ditches. Whatever it is that God is saying to you to do, and I want you to think about it right now, I want you just to say, God, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. The challenge comes, but you have to say yes. You have to trust the Lord if you're going to see the victory in your life. Amen. 
in the book of Mark, there was a treasury and Jesus stood there with his disciples and he's watching people come and go and give their money into the treasury. And some of the Pharisees come and they've got money and they, they bring this big load of money, right? They come with this a bunch of money and they, they come up to the, and they start to put it in and there's trumpets going and they're, they're so proud of what they just put in. And Jesus said, man, that's not even my heart. That meant nothing. It didn't, mean, it didn't matter about that. They're giving out of their abundance. It didn't even matter. It didn't add up to anything. But in that same crowd was a, a little widow, widow woman who didn't have anything. In fact, she, her life was so broken, she didn't have anybody taking care of her. And she brought the least bit. Every, it's all that she had, though. She brought just a little mite, just like a penny. And she brought it, and I can, I can see her coming up and kind of secretly. She kind of waits till the crowd is around us. So nobody really sees her, you know, and she, she comes up and she drops it in and, and kind of, you know, goes off real quickly. And Jesus said, I saw that. I saw that. I saw what you gave. And he pointed it out to all the people or to his disciples. He said, did you see that? She gave so much. She gave so much. She gave everything she had just by her little bit of faith. Amen. When I was, we were in, starting the church, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. When we were starting the church, we were, uh, the Lord in prayer impressed on me to go to the Because of the Times Conference in Louisiana. And I, I tell you, we did not have the money. We were, we were already struggling financially. And God said, go, I want, trust me, just go, get in the car and drive. I'm going to take care of everything. And we knew it was a word from God. And it was challenging because I thought, we're going to drive almost 20 hours away with no money and you're going to take care of it. And I, and I had to trust God. It was, it was no, and, and we knew it and, and she knew it and we just went and we believed God and God took care of everything on the way down. We had money come into our account. Miraculously, we had people come up to us at a restaurant and, and give us money and to take care of things. It was just incredible. But during that time, we found three pennies on the ground. And my wife felt very impressed to grab those pennies off the ground. It wasn't, about, it wasn't going to help us much, but it was three pennies. She grabbed them, put them in my pocket, and the Lord gave me a dream that night. He doesn't often speak to me in dreams, but he did that night. In my dream, I was down on the floor. I had dropped those pennies, and I was frantically trying to grab those pennies, and there were so many people around me. And I finally grabbed the pennies, and I, and I gave them to a missionary in front of me, and I handed it to them, and I said, this represents faith. And later on in that service... I had brought those pennies. I put them in my pocket and I brought them. And there was a missionary in front of us that my wife was praying for and had just given her word. We did not know who these people were. But my wife had just given her a word and said, you, the Lord says you have a great financial need and that he has promised that he's going to take care of it. It's going to happen. So they were just praying and speaking in tongues. So I walk up to this situation not knowing that. And I handed her one of the pennies. And I said, sis, this represents faith. She just lost it. She began to just cry and weep. And the Holy Ghost was all over us. And she said, you don't understand, when we walked into service today with this fantastic, stressful need, she said, we, me and my husband are over 70 countries in the European Union, or in Europe, we're over 70 countries. And if God doesn't come through with this need, there's gonna be, it's going to be really bad. But we trust him for it. And on the way into service today, another gentleman, an evangelist, came up to me and handed me the penny, not a penny, but a gold coin, and said, sis, this represents faith. 
the same words that God put in my heart to say. What am I saying? I'm saying just dig the ditches. Trust God for the little things. Trust him with your obedience. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord as pastor comes back or someone comes back.